everyone. You're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Jersey Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm here with my co-host, Todd Smeltzer. Todd, how are you doing today? Doing well, Reed. Appreciate you asking. It's been a good start to the week so far. Yeah, Todd's been uh, watching probably every game of March Madness. Have you watched every game? Not every game, but I did tell my wife the other day that uh, it just hit me. March Madness is exhausting. You know, I mean, to keep up with it, it right. it takes perseverance, endurance. I mean, yeah. there's a lot to it. Yeah, so, and yet I'm still last with my brackets. Yeah, well, and I'm, I uh, I know there are some people who take vacation days on our staff just uh, so they don't miss a game. So uh, exactly, yeah, it's interesting. You're not talking about me. No, you're talking about uh, others. But uh, yeah, I haven't gone that far. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> So, well, I picked Ohio State to win it, so um, I just kind of given up for the year. But um, though I did look in last year, I did you know I took second last year? I don't think I've ever done that well. I don't keep track of that. No. And it was two years ago. So oh, it was two years ago. Okay. Yes. Nice. This is two, and that's I think that's part of it. This year is wow. This is two years in the making. Right. You know, right. it's almost like we're overdue. So. Yeah. All right. Well, and actually, we're not two years ago from the last podcast. We're only a little uh, about a week away. Um, yes, we covered um, calling. What is calling? And you know, developing a dislocated heart. You know, as God puts things on your heart that um, that you care about and are broken, and and you see uh, needs that need to be met. You know, God puts those things on our heart and then calls us to it. Um, and and sometimes it's as simple as seeing broken people in our neighborhood, or seeing uh, broken. Um, you know, systems of poverty, right? Like it, it can range the whole way. Uh, and then in that, um, we end up having a broken spirit before the Lord, realizing that we're not enough uh, to heal things in this world, but that we need him, um, that we're, we're broken, that we uh, we're sinful. And, um, and it's, you know, having that broken spirit of repentance before God. Uh, and in doing that, we step into the calling that God has on us. And that's stepping into God's will, stepping into God's plan for you, uh, the, you know, as Ephesians 2.10 talks about the, the plans that he's created before you were even around for you um, to accomplish, and he's preparing you for those. Um, and so, you know, that's this was all about connecting with your calling in a pandemic. And so this is the second part of that. Um, so this is part two of connecting with your calling. And we're going to talk about uh, just having radical faith and how does faith play into your calling? What does that look like? Uh, if we have time today, Todd and I may share about our um, our calling and how God worked that out in our life. But um, but Todd, with with um, you know we're we're calling this radical faith. You know the the book Holy Ambition that Chip Ingram wrote that we're using for this. Uh, he calls it radical faith, and I really like that term. Um, and so as we think about what's it look like to live out or to practice that radical faith. Um, you know, what are, what are some of your thoughts on that? I think that's a great question. Uh, and I really appreciate that it comes out of the, um, that second piece in Chip's book, uh, Holy Ambition of, uh, a broken spirit. You know, I think once the Lord has, um, uh, really broken our hearts over something that's wrong or something that is, uh, uh, is taking place and we know is uh, is 
not uh, not by God's design and and uh, and something that just has taken place in a fallen world that uh, that he is he's really gripped us with. And I think when I think about radical faith, um, you know, it it looks different than what we see in everyday life. You know, I think that's what comes to mind when I think of that word radical is that wow, this is clearly different. You know, the actions being taken, the uh, uh, the faith that's de- being displayed and uh, the reasons for it. Nothing in this world can explain why this person is doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think too often, you know, myself included on this one, you know, we can look to other people to give us clues and cues about what we uh, we should be doing. And, and, and oftentimes, you know, we've heard those stories of, of just people feeling like they're living somebody else's, uh, you know, plan for the life as opposed to what God has called them to live out in their life. Uh, and obviously he is the one that, uh, that we should be looking to and, uh, you know, whatever has been broken that he has just really, uh, drew our attention to, uh, he's, he's calling us to stand in the gap, uh, between what is, uh, in the world's terms and what could be, uh, as we step out in faith. So in my mind, that's what makes it radical is it looks starkly different than what people can find any place else. And, uh, and I think that it will take steps of faith. It will take trusting that he is going to, uh, provide, you know, the wisdom that needed the strength that's needed, the, the provision that might be, uh, needed. And, and that can be scary. You know, uh, I think most of us, um, uh, well, pretty much all of us prefer to be in control and uh, to uh, to take, quote unquote, calculated risks and something that we've measured out. And and uh, and OK, I, I think I think we can uh, we can make this happen, you know, and, and yet that whole mindset right there is contrary to uh, a faith that uh, that requires us to depend upon him and not in our own strength. And when that type of faith is being displayed, it should look radical and it should look different and it should uh, make others around us uh, just scratch their head at times going, what is going on there? And yet we know um, uh, when we're taking those steps that uh, as scary as it might be, once we've experienced the Lord working through us in that way, there's another place we'd want to be. You know, there is just something about um, walking by faith and seeing the Lord supply what what is needed. That uh, that we we just start to want more of, and and uh, and that one step of faith leads to another, leads to another. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's interesting. Um, you know, I love what you said, how it just oftentimes radical steps of faith don't make sense to others. And I think mm. oftentimes we we um, we use that as our excuse to step away. Well, you know, people won't understand. And and it's funny, though, because on one side we respect and and highly honor those people who 
who stepped out in faith and didn't really care about what people thought and you just charged forward and you know and we you know we see success in that um, but when we go to do it you know we're not necessarily thinking about the success we're thinking about uh what if i fail and then all these people are like i can't believe you did that and you failed um and and really what it is is there's fear involved and uh, chip does talk about this that every step of radical faith uh is is one that has some fear in it because if we don't have fear it's we go you know going back to what you said todd of it, it probably means that we can control the step that we feel we're able to do the step um because it's it's you know i know that if i know that i can do something then i'm not going to be afraid of it but if i don't think i can do something then fear and fear creeps in but that's the whole thing of if i thought i could do it then it's not a step of faith but if if I don't think I can do it, then that's the step of faith where I need to trust God to show up. Um, and so yeah. sometimes we say, well, I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that. It's like, well, that's part of it. Like it's trusting that God is greater than what could happen. And so you don't need to be afraid. Uh, but fear often and I think it just makes, oh, sorry to interrupt. I, okay. I, I think it, it just takes, and it makes so much more sense, you know, as you're describing it there, as, uh, uh, as the Lord calls us to it, it's like once our spirit has been broken over something in, in our own finite minds, uh, we're not going to be able to come up with the answer to fix that. Yeah. And so God just is naturally going to lead us to do something to fix what's been broken. And, uh, and we recognize by doing that, that whatever he calls us to, uh, for to require faith, uh, it will have to take a dependence upon him. We can't help but uh, uh, see fear in that, and uh, and yet it uh, it takes taking those steps in order to live out whatever the Lord is uh, is calling us to do in a, maybe a particular situation, or uh, with a particular person, or in a in a greater way, in a in a uh, you know in a calling to go a. a you know, a certain direction. Yeah. And I think, I think that, that, that ranges from what we would say, and I'm saying this in air quotes, what we would say is great faith movements or great movements of faith um, and simple movements of faith. So I think about, you know, we, we hear all those stories of the heroes of Christianity who took steps of faith and God just did these wide scale, you know, national, international movements from, right? Like we think of George Mueller and the faith that he had and how he started multiple orphanages and rescued people, uh, kids from poverty and uh, from abuse. And then you, know, you think of missionaries um, who, you know, went to China and, you know, the Lord used them to, to bring about all sorts of, you know, change. Time. Dave, uh, was it David Livingston? Did I got that first name? Like the, the missionary to Africa mm -hmm. who literally, yeah. Uh, they buried his heart in Africa because everybody knew how much he loved the people there. And he's, uh, and so, um, you know, we, we hear about those, but then I also think it's the steps of faith um, in regards to depending upon God to help your neighbor's life be transformed. Like, you know, in your neighborhood, like, right. Like you, you, you can't transform your neighbor, but God can. And so you have to depend upon him. So if he's calling you, maybe not to China, maybe not to save orphans, but to just reach out to your neighbor, that is still something you have to depend upon God to accomplish. And so that dependency, that faith is not just for these great, what we would say are again, air quotes, amazing movements. And I say in air quotes, because, you know, if God calls somebody to, to do something 
wide scale, that's a blessing for them. But if God's calling me to just reach out to my neighbor, that'll be the blessing for me. And, uh, and that's how I remain faithful to God and have faith. Um, but it's those steps that depend and it, and it can be anything, you know, from one end of just reaching out to one person to reaching a whole people group. Um, but they're all steps of dependency, which you were saying, which I really like. So, um, so yeah. It's just, I think with that, um, I think it really starts in remembering what faith is, you know, as you were talking, you can't help but think about Hebrews 11, you know, and, and how that whole chapter starts is really defining faith. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Right. And, uh, and so this isn't a, a blind leap of faith. This isn't uh, just uh, uh, hoping that if we take this step, things are going to work out. You know, this is, this is faith being sure that the Lord is going to supply whatever he's called me to. Um, it might look, it might turn out different than the way I had uh, expected it to, to turn out. But if he has called me to it, then he will supply what is needed to take that step. Uh, I think you had put down a you know, quote from the book, radical faith is choosing to step out to fulfill God's clear, defined will at possible great personal risk and sacrifice. Now, like you said, when we're talking about our neighbor that might not come across as as a um, you know extreme personal risk, but as those steps continue to grow, uh, there there could be the potential of that. You know, it just makes me think about there's a um, oh a couple marriages that uh, that Julie and I uh, have been uh, very fortunate to um, uh, to play a part in in working with uh, these couples currently and for them to continue working toward um, shoring up their marriage and, uh, and getting on a uh, more solid footing, it, there is risk involved uh, and there's definitely sacrifice involved. You know, uh, just a week or so ago, I was talking just one-on-one with, uh, uh, with one of the husbands and, and he was uh, uh, just recounting, you know, at times we were sort of reviewing the past week and there were moments where um, the only reason he was doing what he was doing for, uh, for his wife was uh, a step of faith, hmm. not expecting anything in return from her, not doing it uh, to do this, to get this. It was purely because he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord had called him to do that. Yeah. And there was sacrifice in that. Uh, and there was uh, a certain amount of risk in that. And, uh, and yet there were other times where uh, there were distractions and, and challenges that, that came up that, uh, that he chose to go a different direction. And so um, living by faith and uh, is, uh, is definitely easy to say, but, uh, but much more difficult to live out at times. Yeah. And at the same time, God deeply values our faith. Yes. You know, and, and I love, you know, we always go to Hebrews 11, 11, one, because that is just such a clear definition of what faith is. And as we keep reading that chapter, you know, we see Hebrews eleven six, and it, it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith 
you know, if it's, you know, and Todd, you wrote, we were talking about this, um, but you said it's not just hard. It's not just difficult, but it's impossible to please God without faith. And I, wow, you know, like you think about that and almost like, do we need to just take a moment to pause on the podcast and let everybody just let that soak in because um, it's impossible. It's impossible. And then, you know, as we were talking, Romans 14, 23 came to my mind where it says, you know, anything that's, that's done without faith is sin. And I was convicted on, on that passage last week when I was preparing for my high school grow group. And, you know, you're kind of preparing and, and you're just saying, okay, well, ask these questions. This is the passage. And uh, for some reason, that verse popped in my mind. So I just took a moment to pray. And, and God was like, Matt, do you, do you, are you really preparing in faith that I'm going to change these young men's life? And I was like, you know, I, I kind of was like, raised my eyebrows and kind of sat back. And he's like, are, are you just preparing to give them some Bible knowledge? Uh, and, and I was convicted. It's like, okay, so I, mm. I went home and prayed for everybody in the group. And, you know, I said, Lord, you, you know what you want to do. And I believe you're going to give these young men something tonight that will change their lives, um, that will help them draw closer to you. And that doesn't, and, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking it doesn't matter if I have a great revival in my grow group or if God gives them something that I'm totally unaware of, but I know he's doing something. Um, and, and so I, you know, I repented that moment going, I, Lord, I was preparing just to have a lesson just so I could fulfill the tasks in my, you know, my task list. And, um, uh, but, and, and so that's, but that's faith. You know, I mean, faith is, it's, it's impossible to please God without it. And when we don't have it, we can, we step into sin. Um, so it's not just that radical faith for Christians is like a, a step in becoming super spiritual, right? It's a step of uh, part of the journey of drawing closer to Christ and stepping away from sin and stepping into, you know, belief on God, standing upon him and not upon what we can do. Um, so, but that, you know, that leads me, gosh, as I keep thinking, Todd, that leads me to, um, you know, what, what steps of faith have we taken? You know, you and I have batted this around a couple times. I think maybe anybody listening to our conversation might be interested. Um, you know, as you as you think about how where God has called you and the steps of faith you've had to take, um, what are what are some of the things that come to mind from from your life? Oh, great question! You know, as I I think the Lord just immediately takes me back. Uh, the biggest step of faith just. Um, stepping into full-time ministry. And that was not something, like you said, I, I don't know if I really thought about it in these terms for quite some time. That was not a step of faith that uh, Joe and I took just out of the blue one day. Uh, that was like <laughs> literally years in the making. You know, how I describe it is, uh, I called it uh, my 10-year battle of discontentment. It was 10 years from the time I had graduated uh, uh, with my undergrad degree until the call to ministry came. Oh, wow. And then the Lord let me put the pieces together even way back uh, when I was a kid. In my mind, just how I process things, happiness was always around the next corner. Hmm. And this was way back in like as a middle schooler, you know, just like, oh, well, middle school stings. But boy, when I get to high school, you know, yeah. things are going to be just incredible. You know, I get to high school and it's like, all right, there are some good parts, but uh, some not so good. And well, but but when I get to college, you know, and, and that mindset uh, kept going and going and going. Uh, and it was just really, I boiled it down to discontentment and uh, and not um, 
living by faith day by day with the Lord. And so, um, uh, even when I got my undergrad degree, you know, I normally tell people after the Lord, my second love was, uh, was baseball. I always wanted to work in minor league, minor league baseball. Then Julie quickly, uh, supplanted baseball and became yeah. second, uh, and baseball kept getting knocked down uh, further and further down that list. But, uh, so, uh, so I thought, Oh boy, happiness is going to be working in minor league baseball. Unfortunately, not on the playing side on the uh, office side. Yeah. And, but after three years of that, uh, all right, that wasn't it. Uh, then it was a year of mission work and at Father Flanagan's Boys Town of Family Teachers. All right. Uh, that was good. We learned a lot, very difficult, but uh, that wasn't it. You know, well, I haven't given business a chance, you know, and so five years of banking, that wasn't it. Uh, but it was really, uh, there was two moments in particular. There was a moment where uh, wrestling with, uh, with our daughter, Abby was super young at that point. She's in her twenties now. And, uh, uh, and, it was as if, you know, just felt the Lord saying that your mind is the further, as far away from this moment as it can be. And if I allowed that discontentment to continue, it was like, what happened is to be around this corner, this corner, this corner, this, to the point that it, I would be wrestling with my daughter on the floor and not enjoying that. I'm planning my retirement in my head, you know, <laughs> because it was just that train of thought just kept going, going, going. And uh, so then it was just a, a few years of, all right, I'm going to be content where the Lord has me. I know banking is not going to be it for, uh, for the long term, but it is going to be where, uh, where I'm going to live out my faith, you know, right now. Then it was a men's retreat that I'll never forget. And the senior pastor asked, all right, what had the Lord prepared us for in the past, present, and the future? And mind you, I mean, this is 10 years after undergrad. Uh, and past and present were pretty easy to answer. Uh, you just pick something, but future brick wall. I'm like, I have no idea. And I really wanted to take this question to heart. There were four of us sort of knee to knee in this group. And I really wanted to seek the Lord and, uh, on this question. And, and I mean, it was, you know, how people say it wasn't an audible voice, but the closest thing to it, I mean, clear as day, full-time ministry, never had thought about it at one point in my life had never given it a, uh, uh, even a remote passing thought. Uh, and when it came to my turn, I was fourth. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be extremely disobedient uh, if I do not verbalize this out loud. And two of the guys in the group knew me. And I said, I have no idea where this came from. I believe it was the Lord, but uh, this is a massive stretch, but I'm going to say full-time ministry. And the two that knew me are like, what are you talking about? You know, I, we've never even heard you say that. I'm like, that's because I'd never thought about it until then. Yeah. But that, and then even after that though, I mean, it was a, another year and a half of meeting with one of the associate pastors and just figure I was clueless. How do you make that transition from the work world to, uh, to full-time ministry? Do you go back to school? Do you not go back to school? And, and uh, uh, what's it like to, uh, uh, to make that transition? So it was, Again, probably 12 years after undergrad by the time it finally happened. So, again, it was steps of faith day by day over the course, failing probably way more times than succeeding before that bigger step eventually came. So, so I know that was a... Uh, try to condense that down, but how about you? I don't, uh, I want to leave enough time for, uh, for you to, uh, to describe, you know, what that process was like for you as well. 
Yeah, so I, um, I felt called to the ministry in high school, um, my junior year. And so my, my whole life has been um, just driving that way. But um, what God has done in me is um, he's, he's, he's broken me down um, and in many ways taught me to deny what I thought or, or the, what I thought the things should be like or the way things should be uh, in order to teach me how he wants things. And so, so I, you know, I go to a Christian university, uh, get a Christian education degree uh, so that I could go in the ministry. Then I, you know, I did an internship in inner city LA uh, and then I go to seminary and then I step in the ministry. Um, and, but along that, like each of those steps, there's like, like you said, Todd, I, I'm condensing it. There's, there's lessons that I, I even say it of just how God was changing my heart. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, it's, okay, I'm going to the ministry. That means I'm going to be a head pastor and I'm going to be leading a, a huge church and it's going to be growing. People are going to know Jesus and it's going to be, I'm going to get to teach and preach and that's, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be good. You know, and, and obviously ministry is so much more complicated, um, because people are so much more complicated than I was giving them. And, uh, and so, so my calling was to the church, but God was almost like, okay, I'm going to call you to this but, and just like you, Todd, I'm going to train you over the course of 10 years. Um, and uh, when, I got to, when I got to college, I had a professor say, your ministry really doesn't start till you're 40. Everything before that is just learning. And, and that's, I'm, so I'm 36 and it's like, yes, I see that 40 mark coming and I'm realizing how much I have learned. Um, you know, and, and so, so yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I, I I feel like God has broken me down to build me back up so that when I am at age, and I'm just using that kind of ambiguously, that, that age 40, when I hit 40, uh, I, can, I can stand and go, okay, God, you know, I'm where you want me to be personally, and you've, you've straightened my mind out um, of how you work and how your kingdom functions, not how I think it should work, um, and so now what do we do? Um, and so, so I, I, it's almost like God called me, and then he, he gave me like the end goal, but then he kind of gave me little callings. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do this. Now I'm going to ask you to do this. You know, and some of that was, I'm going to ask you to serve in the inner city. And I realized that ministry is not for me, but I learned so much about the church and, you know, and just how it functions. And then he calls me to seminary. While I'm at seminary, I learned uh, a lot of academics, but I also learned a lot about uh, emotional intelligence, emotional health. And so did a lot of stuff there to kind of let him heal me up. And, uh, and, you know, it just, it was like every step something's happened that God has continued to, to, to train me, but it just like you, it was over 10 years. And, and I don't think I'm exactly where God wants me to be at the end of the road yet. Um, but I, I'm where he wants me to be right now, you know? And so, um, it's taught me to take those steps of faith going, okay, God, uh, what about, you know, what's next? What's after, you know, my internship? What's after seminary? What's after my first church? What's after my second church? You know, and, and so, uh, so it's, it's steps of faith that add up to getting me where God wants me to be. Um, and like you, I, I didn't always take the right ones and God kind of would write me and bring me back. But, um, but I think just listening to you and then now just listening to myself, um, it's a journey. It's a journey. Yes. And I'm taking, you know, I, I know we're, we're kind of, we want to close things up here, but it takes me back to um, John 21 when Jesus has been resurrected and he's talking with Peter and they just do the whole, uh, you know, feed my sheep thing. And at the end, you know, he says, Peter, you're going to, you know, when you were young, you, you dressed yourself and you told yourself where you wanted to go. 
But as you get old, other people are going to dress you and tell you where you need to go. Now, Jesus was referring to the death that he would die. Um, but I think there's also an aspect of how he, he was going to live from that point on that, that the older he got, the more God would guide him. You know, mm -hmm. the more that God would dress him, God would take him where he wanted to go. And his foolish younger self would let go of those things he wanted. Um, and, and, and I think that that's, that's a good picture for this. As we learn what our calling is and learn to lean into it more, we let go of ourselves and we start taking more of what God wants us to do um, and who he wants us to be. So, um, yeah. Well said. I appreciate hearing that. I'm, there were aspects of that that I'd heard before, but, uh, but certainly not, uh, not all of them. So, well, again, uh, we definitely don't share these uh, to put ourselves on any pedestal whatsoever because uh, trust me, this, uh, we have not arrived by any stretch of imagination and there are many <laughs> more times going down the wrong path and the right path. Yeah. So, uh, but we just felt it was fitting to, uh, to, you know, paint a picture that how steps of faith, uh, being faithful day in and day out, uh, the Lord is taking you on a journey and uh and we just look forward to hearing stories of of what that calling uh looks like in your lives as you uh, practice radical faith as you remember what faith is and re and to remember how deeply god values uh the faith that we place in him so good being with you guys today and uh look forward to being back with you next week take care have a good week everybody